Hello, and welcome to the Running Hook Podcast, hosted by Alex Burr, a member of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of The Running Hook. I have not been able to say that in a while. That wasn't an emergency pod. And this week I am joined by the the most popular host on this network, at least at least based on the numbers, the pure straight numbers of it all. It's Caleb Lynn. Caleb, how are you doing today, buddy? Hola. I am I am doing I am doing so well. Uh, I, I uh, you know, Alex, you're getting me on my my typical recording night. Okay, I, 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 I'm taking the week off. So my energy is is, you know, fired up like every Monday night. So you're getting the the really good, you know, Caleb Lynn on a Monday, in my opinion. You've done two straight. We've you and I have been on two straight podcasts together. And now, obviously, um, this is going to be out on Wednesday if you're listening to this. So it won't have been yes. three straights because we'll have a battleground in between. But Caleb, we've done a podcast together three days in a row. It's it's incredible. It's incredible right. content here. <laughs> yes, it is. And and you and you and I and and uh, shout out to that scumbag Zach Griffith. The three of us, the, the three of us can you know we, we work well together. Uh, you know the Stafford trade went well, and then obviously when we did the Wanda Vision, uh, but to be able to come on and uh, you know give some content, some uh, some trades that are going to piss you off, there ain't nothing better. Yeah, if you want WandaVision takes, go check out our, our WandaVision pod. But we are not going to be talking about WandaVision on this episode. No. no, we are going to be talking about NBA trades we would like to see. Now, these don't have to be exact. And Caleb said some of these are just he wants to see a certain player on a certain team, which, you know, that works too. You know, I did a couple of those as well. We don't really have ground rules, and I really don't know how long this episode is going to be. It could be an hour. It could be two hours. <laughs> Knowing the two of us, I would probably guess closer to two. But I, Caleb, you said you had some trepidation at first, but once you once you got behind it, I think you really like this idea. I do. I really do. I I like this idea. I like this idea a lot. I think. You know, we're we're talking, you know, about it a little early, but I mean, let's just face it. I mean, there are a lot of teams out there that are going to be looking to make some moves. There are teams that need to come out of this and go from the, uh, you know, I'm cutely good stage to the I know I'm good stage. And I'm excited to see what that looks like. And I don't know the exact deadlines, but I know the deadline. So, you know, in a regular, regular season. Sure. December 15th is when you can trade free agents. That day is coming up in February. I don't know when exactly. I'm actually going to look that up. NBA trade, NBA transaction calendar. But yeah, because once free agents Can't from wait. last summer are able to be traded, uh-huh. then we'll see a, a boatload of trades. So let's see key dates for, for NBA season. So, okay. Standard NBA contracts. Oh, it does not have that on here. All right. Well, whatever. It's it's coming up sometime soon, yes. basically. Yes. In the next, in this month, sometime in February. Yes. So we took out all the recently traded and recently drafted, recently assigned protections on our, when we did the NBA trade machine, because let's face it, Absolutely. Victor Oladipo is, at, so, okay, when we're recording this, Victor Oladipo is not eligible to be traded. By the time this episode is released, Victor Oladipo will be eligible to be traded. 
just just to use an example that might may or may not come up later in the pod. Oh, oh. So, well, that's what that's what in the industry wow. calls tease. Wow, wow, um, I like it, Caleb. There's one really big fish on the trade market though, and I'm okay. assuming you have him on your list. Do you do you are you know who I'm referring to, and do you have him on your list? You know what, Alex? I have chosen to not because ah. the reason why I have not is because I had a gut feeling that you, my friend, would have some Bradley Beal potential trade scenarios. So I went with some very creative trades, which makes sense. All right. But I did not put Brad, I did not put this guy in there. You are correct. So I want to start okay. with my Bradley Beal trade. Absolutely. This one is going to blow your socks off, Caleb. Okay. Knowing <laughs> knowing you. All right. Are you ready for this? I'm so ready. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause for some dramatic effect here. Okay. So Bradley okay. Beal. Okay. And Ish Smith to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Kevin Love, Darius Garland, and two first round picks. Now, if you want to swap in Drummond to get off the salaries, by all means. But you're going to have Russ there for a couple seasons extra anyway. Why not get Kevin Love, who can actually maybe contribute when he's healthy? And plus you get Garland, who's a hell of a prospect. Like, really, that might be, in terms of young players, other than Michael Porter Jr., that's probably going to be the best you can do for Beal. And you get the two first-round picks. I mean, Beal will probably go for more than two first-rounders, but if he goes for more than two first-rounders, you're not going to get a guy like Garland. That's just plain and simple. So what do you, did I blow your mind? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would shockingly have not thought of this destination as a, as a, as a team. Um, but I mean, your logic behind it makes a lot of sense. So okay. I, I like it. So let me explain the Beal logic for Cleveland, okay? Because okay. Cleveland, you you look at the team, right? They're they're a little above expectations right now, right? But I made a pun off a guy's first name because I thought he was bad, but he's actually playing somewhat good. <laughs> yes, exactly. Osmond <laughs> has been very has been very good. Okoro's been you know living up because every like it wasn't just you saying that Okoro was going to be good. Every draft expert said Okoro was going to come in and be good, and he's lived up to expectations. Sexton has been playing better than I think anyone could have predicted. Absolutely. This, this far into like even this far into his career and most sure. point guards don't most point guards don't figure it out till they're you know fourth fifth seasons in the league right oh, yeah. and sexton is playing out of his mind right so you automatically have probably in terms of backcourt firepower the second most backcourt firepower in the league in terms of just flat scoring right and then so let's just go through like the rest of the roster right you have sure. two sure. two solid wings right now because i'm not gonna say okoro is great but they're good right okay. and osmond no, no, fair. yeah osmond and okoro you have jared allen <laughs> who is an incredibly good rim protector and very good rim runner he's very Absolutely. good at playing off the ball like he's an incredibly good off the wall center exactly right. what you need for this kind of team yep you have larry nance a jack of all trades guy who is the perfect power forward for today's nba he's you know he's kind of short right he's six seven but he's bouncy and he's stocky which is what you need out of a most out of a power forward at this point, if you're going to, sure. you either need some combination of the two, right? You either need to be stocky or you need to be bouncy. And he's both. And he's, you know, kind of a Jack of all trades guy. He can get you a four or five assists in a game, a couple steals, a block or two, not a, not two, but like a block, you know, <laughs> he's not, he's not that good <laughs> yeah, at blocking yeah. shots. Yeah. That's but right. you have, and he's shooting 40% from three this year. Yeah. 
So you have like a whole bunch of factors, right? A confluence of factors. And let's face it, this trade isn't going to happen as much as I want it to. Right, right. But I think Cleveland deserves more credence for this, and it gives them an actual star, right? This firmly places them in the playoff conversation. And if you're, let's just say your pick for whatever reason. So, okay, the the pick I predicted for this year was top eight for Cleveland. So let's just say the pick falls in the top eight. Okay. I mean, you could do a lot worse than a, a lottery pick in this draft, right? Sure. Like, you know, sure. best case, you're outside of the top eight and probably either close to the playoff picture or in the playoffs. J.B. Bickerstaff is doing a hell of a job with that. With yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. So yeah, he is. you got to maximize the talent around <laughs> around Sexton, as crazy sure. as it is to say, sure. because if sure. you have like that's that's legitimately 55 points a game right there. So are you I, off the Garland sweepstakes then? Are you off the Garland sweepstakes? Absolutely not. I'm saying okay, okay. If you can cash in Garland for Beal, you got to do okay. it. You got to do it. Especially since he Beal has two years left on his contract, right? You build, you can get him to stay. You can get him to get with the vision, right? Sure. sure. And that's probably the other reason why Cleveland wouldn't do it because it's going to be hard to convince Garland that he needs to stay, or convince Beal that he needs to stay in Cleveland, whereas you're going to have another six six years for six, seven years for Garland. But I think that Cleveland is a low-key, <laughs> low-key, huge destination it, it, for Beal. It is. It is. I just, it just depends on, obviously, if he's like, you know, I want to go bigger city and and maybe a more st- stable. But I, I want to ask you this now because I'm curious because, you know, you and I have talked about and, and you have talked about on your, your basketball power hour with Dylan Hughes that Michael Porter is a player that you like. But, you know, the Denver Nuggets, when they were looking at him, you know, a lot of people think that's the big entice. Here's my question to you, Alex. Is Darius Garland more enticing than Michael Porter Jr.? No, and here's the reason okay. why. Okay. okay. Here's, here's the reason why. I would, I would rather have Darius Garland. Than Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just because his ceiling is high while the floor for <laughs> this is the thing about Michael Porter Jr., right? He has such a high ceiling, but he also has one of the lowest floors in the league. If people like don't realize, A, he's made of glass. Yeah. <laughs> the Porter Jr. family is just cursed in yeah. general. Yeah. I mean, like his sister even had issues, right? Like I don't follow women's college basketball that much, but I think no, she did, yeah. I'm yes. pretty sure she had issues too. And so did Jonte Porter. So that whole family sure. is cursed, right? And then you add to the fact that he doesn't know how to play defense at all. <laughs> He's an absolutely atrocious defensive player. Like, and I think that he would be his skill set would be more valuable on a team that's not the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the Nuggets have like I, I shouldn't say that. His his skill set is more detrimental to the Nuggets than it would be for other teams. Right. So if you're if you're the Nuggets and you can get off, like if you can trade Gary Harris and Michael Porter Jr. and some other player, some other salary, like probably Millsap for yep. for Beal, you got to do it, especially yep. with the way Jokic is playing. Jokic is playing like an MVP. He's yeah. like the, through the season. So did you see what I mean? We're recording this on Monday. Yeah, we are. <laughs> he absolutely murdered Utah yesterday. Utah yeah, was did. like they weren't the best team in the league, but by record, they were the best team in the league. They were on an 11 game winning streak. He just. Absolutely, he put up forty-seven. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. you need you need a guy who can put in buckets for you in the playoffs. And if you have if you have Murray and Beal, 
you already have a great foundation. So yeah, enough about Beal since you don't have Beal. I'm curious to see, what's the first trade you want to talk about? What's the first trade that I want to talk about? Well, Alex, the reason that I brought this up, my friend, is because I have a guy who I would like to see go to Denver. Okay. And that is if the Bradley Beal sweepstakes does not work out in their favor. I think it is about gosh dang time that the Chicago Bulls shake the crap up. And I want to see Zach Levine to the Denver Nuggets in exchange for Gary Harris, Composo because he sucks, a 2022 first, and 2027 and 2026 second. Alex, I want to see a guy like Zach Levine. I want to see exactly your logic in the sense of, I know what you're going to say to me, they have no defense, but I, I, I think they have to get that that guy you and you've talked about it before they need to get some they need to get something i really believe that it is kind of a joke i think the bulls need to do something uh this young core is i mean as unfortunate as it is it just doesn't seem as if all the pieces are connecting and i know a part of that's injuries and covid and all the other jazz to it but i really like this potential move for for both sides so Levine right now is crazy efficient, right? And he's yes. So he's taking two less shots a game this year, which in the grand scheme of things is not that much less, right? Like sure. it's just two less shots. He's shooting fifty one percent from the field, up from forty five last year, forty one point six percent from three. It's <laughs> good. Averaging twenty seven twenty seven points, five assists, five rebounds, and a steal. Yeah, like. Yes, the defense isn't where you want it, but he's a damn good basketball player. And not enough yeah, people are is. talking about Zach Levine at this no, point. No, they're not. And actually, he. so, okay, let's talk about your trade first, because I also actually have a trade involving Zach Levine. I think you'll like the destination where I have him going. Okay. But on Denver, he would fit perfectly, because okay. he's okay. he's great at cutting. Like, just phenomenal. Like, off the ball. And then on the ball, he's a dynamic player at this point. There's no other way to put it. He is a go-get-you-buckets kind of guy. And if you have him and Murray, <laughs> that's a dangerous offensive combination right there. Right. Right. And, and he, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, because here's the thing, though, Alex, I I have a little uh, side piece deal as well that I'm thinking about uh, that I'll mention later uh, that that helps this deal make a little bit more sense for your eyes. Go ahead. If it's a, if it involves the Nuggets, go ahead. I want to hear it. it. It does involve the Nuggets. I am wanting to see Michael Porter go. Mm-hmm. And I think they need a wing with some defense. And I actually think that this team needs the offensive potential of this guy. I would like to see a straight up deal. Michael Porter for LeGuinz Dort. <sighs> where both teams, hear me out though, Alex. Both teams, while Dort is a legitimate player. Alex, let me ask you this. I think the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to be more in need for a upper line score. They need to bank on the potential. They have draft picks as well to accumulate that. How many times are you going to get a score like that? For Denver, I would argue that if you get a guy like Dort, he puts you in a more stable position at the wing, right? 
And if the Levine deal happened, okay, if the Levine deal happened that I talked about, well, Alex, you have no perimeter defense. So you would have to go get perimeter defense at some point. So my logic was, why am I not just flipping these two into different places? That, so, okay, I do have to say, I think there's absolutely no way in hell that Oklahoma City takes that deal. But I think it's an interesting concept, right? Because Dort, yeah, Dort would slide pretty comfortably into the Gary Harris role. Yeah, he would. And he would <laughs> yeah, he would. I mean, I trust me. You're talking to the Lou Dort fan club. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, he is so so good, but I don't think that. I just don't think that the Thunder would give. I trust me. Dort's shooting like forty percent from three. Yeah, he is. Oh yeah. Like, it's becoming a conversation. Like he's one of the best prospects in the league, and all one of the best contracts too. He's making like. Less or around a million for the next four years. What if I the next in a, What if I flipped in a first though, Alex? If I'm Denver, what if I flipped in a first? Is that talking <laughs> in, in interest? I mean, how about double? OKC loves OKC loves firsts. How about double? That that might get it done. I would say Porter in a first because then you're you have insurance, right? I would do that, Alex. I would do that for both sides. Yeah, it's. I really would. Like Lou Dort. Okay, do you want to guess what Lou Dort is shooting from three this year? I don't – I mm, it's higher than I'd expect. It's a lot higher than you'd expect. He's shooting 38 How, on that's three – That's ridiculous. On six attempts a game. That's ridiculous. He's. This isn't like he's shooting like <laughs> yeah. two times a game and he's shooting 38%. He's shooting six times a game. He's chucking them. And he's yeah. not chucking them. He's making them. Yeah, he is. He's – listen. <laughs> he's not going to be – he won't ever be as good as like, let's say Shea Gilgis Alexander. But if you have an opportunity, like he could be their Marcus Smart. Yeah, he could. And if you have an opportunity to keep a Marcus Smart, yeah, I would keep him because those guys are cheap. You can get, yeah, you, you can sign those guys. Like Marcus Smart should probably be making a little more, but not mm. that much more. Yeah. And that's fair. I think that it would really improve Denver's team, but I I just don't see it getting done. I I would use That's Porter fair. as as star bait. You know what I mean? Like try to get you know. I get that. I get that. It just I also went off the lens of if they did that deal that I proposed with Levine, mm-hmm. thinking they would have to get defense. That was really the gist of what 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 made me think of that. It's it's a fair proposition. It's a fair proposition. Okay. But let's go to my Levine trade. Go so ahead. I think, I, I think you'll like this. So sure. I am going to send Zach Levine. To the Memphis Grizzlies for Gorgie Jang, Grayson Allen, Utah's first round pick, and a 2021 second round pick. And because think about it, right? You're getting a young shooter in Grayson Allen. Yeah, now yes, Grayson Allen will never be as good as as Levine, and I'm pretty sure, sure. actually Grayson Allen and Zach Levine are the same age. <laughs> come to think of it, but I mean, still, he's a good shooter. He's a good defender. I mean. You could do a lot worse than Grayson Allen. And then you get the extra first round pick to help kind of replenish the stock. Cause you're right. They do need to get, they do need to replenish the war chest. Now let's face it. Chicago would probably never do this deal. But the reason why I wanted to do this one is because I want Zach Levine on the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. You know, I love the Grizzlies. They're practically oh, yeah, you at this yeah, point. Yeah. They, yeah. They are. If you, if you want it. Okay. How's this? Cause sure. This guy's salary is pretty similar. Okay. What about would you trade Dylan Brooks for Zach Levine? Absolutely. So yes. do you think Chicago would be more likely to take that deal 
is the question. If they, what do you, what do you, are you saying? Do you think they rather instead of Allen, or are you saying Brooks in the package? Brooks instead of Jang, I would say. Do you think that they would be more likely to take that package? Yeah, but at the same time, though, Alex, like my issue with Chicago and why I think your Grayson Allen thing makes a lot of sense to me is because they have to get people who cannot dribble. Like they need people who don't dribble. They need players that actually can be efficient off like a catch and then just go up. Right. They have too many players that want to try to create their own shot. And it's a good thing to have shot creators. But Alex, you also need guys to have, you know, a set role in your offense. The Bulls, to me, have too many guys now because of you're seeing you're seeing White's development. Right. And he's a guy that I think is fair to say um, he he's going to look to shoot it. He's going to look to score. So obviously. Levine and White kind of clash in that degree. It's not to say they're not go with each other, but you know where I'm going. Plus, mm-hmm. you have a guy like Porter, who I, I mean, I let's face it, Alex. I mean, the guy, the guy is, you know, he's a, he likes to shoot it. And you got a guy in Williams who I think, you know, who's who's been really nice for them when he plays. Markinen likes to have the ball, and Carter likes to have the ball. I think if you have a piece like a Grace Allen, and honestly, you can argue Dylan Brooks would make a whole lot of sense for them because he could really anchor their second unit, Alex. He could be a really awesome second unit guy just to come up your bench and just dominate and have, you can have Allen start just to give you off ball presence, but then Brooks could come in and light him up off the bench. So, okay. So I was looking, I'm looking at um, Chicago's, I'm looking at Otto Porter Jr., right? Sure. He's actually a candidate for a buyout guy because he's making $28 million this year, and he could be a guy that gets back on the market. I think Chicago, they just need to blow wow. it all up. None of these are – none of these are. Um, I don't remember the Chicago Bulls GM's name. Forgive me, but all these guys were drafted under guard packs, right? With, like, yeah. the exceptions of Garrett Temple – that's pretty that's pretty much it that's like the only guy i'm pretty sure chicago bulls gm i'm gonna look it up it's mark eversley, mark eversley that, yes and uh Karnishavis, that's right arturis Karnishavis, who worked under in denver um okay for tim Connolly, and that's the uh, team president i think that they're gonna go for a different direction honestly the bulls aren't a terrible Beal destination because billy donovan the Billy Donovan yeah. connection. Yeah. Um, but I, the Bulls need to blow it up and just start over. And it sucks because you wasted four years on a rebuild that's practically pointless. Wendell Carter came in with so much promise, and now he's going like to be like. Him, but the problem with Wendell is he's going to be at best, like now, just like a regular starting center. Like, he doesn't even look at the rim anymore. <laughs> or he He's just starting to look at the rim again. <laughs> But don't you think, Alex, that that somewhat has to do with the fact that he has a skill set that can benefit without having the ball more so than the other guys that we would consider legit on their team? I remember people coming in when he was coming out of college saying he was going to be a shooter, right? Like people, a lot of people are comparing him to Horford and he has, he's not been that he's, listen, If he's just, you know, a, a dive guy, right? Like a really strong dive guy with good defense, that's fine. Yeah. But last year, whenever I watched the Bulls play, he wasn't looking at the rim behind the, you know, outside of the paint at all. He was just facing, you know, look, facing his ass towards the basket, trying to get a hand, somebody a handoff, yeah. right? I, I see. I see what you're saying. I think part of it is that Boylan came in and just fucked up everyone's development, right? 
Levine. Yeah, he did. Levine's the only guy that actually got better under Boylan. Um, Kobe White right. only had one year, thank God. Right? Remember how promising Larry Markinen was? Well, I, I mean, I, I still like both those guys. But, but like, yeah, they both have they, – Boylan's they, really taking they the both, They plateaued. Yeah. And you have to think part of it is that Boylan is just a clown. There's really no other explanation for it. I know. I it bums me out because I do like those two a lot. I really do like their front court. I like those pieces a lot. I I still think that they have a chance. And you know, but in the large part, Alex, they are gonna need to make some sort of move. And and I just personally I think if you could get a guy. You know, if you can retool this team, like even in both of the deals that we talked about, both of the deals would add them stability with guys that can play off the ball. And that's important for the Bulls. And let's face it. So we didn't really talk much about the Grizzlies. We talked more about the Bulls. Sure. Let's talk, talk about the Grizzlies real quick. Okay. They are really good, even without, right, that wing score. But you need the wing score to take a step, right? They, yeah. Let's face it. They're lost to... Their loss to Portland last year was kind of predictable. It was they didn't had a good effort hanging in the game because Jaw's amazing. But you can only do so much if you're a point guard. Like point guards themselves can't like they can carry a team to like baseline competency, right? Like Lowry, for instance. <laughs> Did you notice that like as soon as Kawhi left his team, the Raptors couldn't win in the playoffs? Yes. Like in the second yes. round? Yes. Like now Lowry did carry them to two wins in the against the Celtics last year, right? We can't deny this, but he can't lead you to four. And Jaws probably going to have that same problem, right? And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that he's not like Chris Paul, right? Chris Paul's thing was always, oh, he never made the conference finals. He never had a wing score. The best player he ever played with was David West. And while David West is damn good, he was no like, you know, he wasn't anything to like, he's not a Hall of Famer, right? No, if it's like, no, no, if it's no, if it's no. He made like what? If one all it? Did David West even? Do you, how do you think David West made an All NBA team? No, I don't. Look that up. No, no, no. Nope, just a two-time All Star. No, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> David, golly, that's off. But you, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, I do. You can only do so much, and I wish that right. you know. I wish that Ja had more firepower, and that's why I want Zach on the Grizzlies because the, the Grizzlies would have so much firepower then. And the thing about Zach Levine is he's on a cheap contract. He is on a cheap contract. He's making like twenty million a year. You have to imagine he's going to get close to a max when he's off of his, you know, when he's off of this deal. Right. I don't know when he's a free agent, but I would think it's probably two seasons from now. Yeah. I'll look at the yeah, contract real quick. Yeah, no, I, no I, I believe it is. It's a two-year. He's got two years left on the deal. Yep, that is correct. He's a free agent after the 2022 season. And that's honestly perfect because if you get him yeah, now, you you convince him of your culture, and yep. you're like, hey, come play with us. He come signed his offer us. sheet with the Kings. <laughs> I'm willing to uh, think that. Yeah. He's played for Minnesota and Chicago. I'm willing to think that Grizzlies maybe have a better culture. But in the interest of brevity, since sure. we talked about our two probably biggest guys that are going to get traded, what's your next trade? What is my next trade? Well, Alex, my good sir, we have talked about a team in the Eastern Conference for a couple of years. We've always said, Alex, this team needs a big guy. Alex, this team needs a big man. And while they might have made a little move to get a guy by the name of Tristan Thompson, Alex, I, I would potentially like to throw somebody else out there. Alex, 
you know how I feel about the magic. You know I do. I freaking hate the magic. I freak. I, I hate. I hate. I hate everything about the way that they're going about their business. But Alex, let me ask you this: If you were able to get, I, I'm willing to throw a haul right now. Okay, I'm willing to flip a haul. I'm willing to go two firsts, Romeo Langford, and Thice for Vucevic. I'll even throw Neesmith in there as well to 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 uh, salivate you more. Alex, I want Boston. First off, I want Vucevic out of Orlando. And then second off, I really think that at this point, Alex, Thompson does give you a lot of stuff. He does. But I really believe that if they can get an upgrade, they should do it. And that's really where it comes down to for me. Wow, that would be um a lot of firepower. For the for the Celtics, that is an interesting concept to ponder. So, yes, I don't know if you can convince the Magic to do it because, but they need to get off of Vooch at the same time. Well, I'll, I'll convince the Magic that you've had your core for at least four years, and all you've been doing is getting swept in the first round. I'll convince so, them. Okay, let's let's just face it. Okay, there's one big bad. Lur- <laughs> I say big bad. I'm like, I'm talking about a Marvel show. There's one really good big in the Eastern conference at this point. And that is Joel Embiid. (laughs) And no one can really stop Joel Embiid. They can only hope to really contain him. Yeah. Right. Like (laughs) it's hard to stop Embiid. He's really good. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So the more firepower strategy is a pretty good one. Plus you get Vucevic who can stretch the floor. Um, It's a very good spacer. And just very good shooter in general. Now, Alex, could I, could I, I'll flip in one other guy. I'll flip in okay. one other guy because I had a deal similar. I, it's not even similar. The other deal that I thought of before I ended up with Vucevic. Let's hear it. Could the Boston Celtics be an intriguing John Collins team at the five? Ooh, that is intriguing. Um, I think Collins might be better at power forward, but on the Celtics. Okay. okay. On the Celtics, though, like if you play Collins and Thompson together, that's a yeah, pretty that's good. What, yes. Yes. And then yes. you play like Smart and Jalen and uh, uh-huh. Tatum or Kemba. Uh-huh. You yep. can. That's pretty intriguing. I gotta say. I, <laughs> I mean, if it, I mean, it, it would. It would. I would assume. I, it just depends how bad Collins and them can't figure it out. But I thought about those two guys. So okay, so those are pretty good. But I actually, I think I like this one. Okay. Okay. I mentioned this guy. I mentioned this guy at the top of the podcast. No, we're, we're actually still talking about the Celtics. The Celtics okay. have a giant twenty-one million dollars trade exception. They sure do. And you know who fits? Or not twenty-one? It's twenty-seven. But they can only trade for so much because of how close they are to the tax apron. I'm not really familiar with the CBA details, sure. but yep, they'll be basically. So like, I tried to send, I tried to send Stephen Adams to the Celtics, right? And it didn't work because they had too much salary. So what I did instead was I sent Victor Oladipo to the Celtics. And here's why, okay? They're not going to be able to beat <laughs> the Sixers the way they're constructed, but not for not for the big man reason, right? I don't think there's anyone who can really stop Embiid. But what, if what's you your have... Package, though? No, you there just just for a first round pick. You help Fertitta save money. You get him out of the luxury tax. He is because you know, as we all know, wow, Fertitta. He's he's very invested in not being in the luxury tax. They're like eight million over the luxury tax right now. You trade Vic out of there for just for a first round pick. You're out of the luxury tax, and that saves because 
luxury tax doesn't mean anything till the end of the season, right? Wow. That's so if you're, wow. Okay. So that's. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. That's the Houston angle, okay? And plus you get an extra first round pick. That'll probably be in the 20s, but still. You're, still. you're very yeah. talent poor. And actually, we'll talk about. So, okay, actually, I'll get to this when I'm done discussing Victor Oladipo to the, sure. to the Celtics. Sure. But. Yeah, he just adds a level of firepower, right? Like, because even if he only scores like 15 points a game, he's dangerous. He's liable to go off. And it's Kemba insurance, too, because Kemba's been hurt. He has. And I do you, like him, though. The Celtics' depth is just awful at this point. And getting to move Marcus to the bench, I think it's a win win for all sides. Now, one of my things is I absolutely wow. blew up the Rockets, okay? Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> I said, so again, we're operating under the assumption that Fertitta is trying to save money. Okay. So I just sent Myers Leonard to the, I sent Myers Leonard and Chris Silva to the Rockets for PJ Tucker and Daniel House because you get a young forward and you, Leonard has a player option after this, or not a player, a team option after the season, right? I'm operating under the assumption that they're trying to lose and they want to save money. I think it's a, I think it's a fair assumption, Caleb. Wow. Okay. So okay. interesting. Okay. And then, what's the other trade I had? <laughs> and then I'm sending. Okay. I'm sending Eric Gordon to the Mavericks for James Johnson. You could throw in like a couple second round picks. I would throw in a couple second round picks for the Mavericks, or for the Rockets, to make it worth the the Rockets' trouble. But I think. They need more scoring on the Mavericks, as crazy as it is to say. I, I no, I, I'm with you there. And My concern, though, is are we seeing the value? James Johnson, I think his value for Dallas is not the regular season, though it's the playoffs. I mean, this is okay. This is what I said on our on our uh, season preview podcast with Dylan. Okay, I've always thought of a James Johnson, or I guess I said this the first week of the season. Hmm. I've always thought. James Johnson was the epitome of better in on paper than in practice, right? Because yes, sure. on paper he's like a three and D wing. Sure, his defense is pretty good. I'm not gonna deny that, but the three pointer has never really existed for him. Hmm. And I just don't think that like he's gonna be an expiring contract for the for the Rockets. And I think that Eric Gordon just fits the team better, right? <laughs> Again, you need more firepower you because do. I don't think this season you're going to be able to rely on Chris Tapps the way you did last season. He just seems to be not right for whatever reason. And I don't know. I think that Gordon would be Gordon would be a good fit on the Mavericks, but I also don't know that they would make a trade between those two teams. I can't say. Fertitta seemed to not want to trade Harden to the Sixers because of Maury. That seemed to be the reports that were coming out. Sure. So I'm not inclined to know what, <laughs> who or who not he wants to trade with. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you think it's so, okay? So obviously, yes. You know, I have an agenda to get PJ Tucker to the Heat. Sure. And obviously, yes, they probably wouldn't do that trade <laughs> if House is in it, but they need to get House out of there too because there's no reason to have him languishing I, away on a yeah, shitty team. I agree with that. So, I, I agree with that. So what do you, so, do you like I've obviously been pounding it for several months now, but do you like sure. the Tucker to Miami fit? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I I think he fits what they need, no question about it. Um I think it that he gives them um 
uh, just a guy that that'll fit in the culture seamlessly that will be able to give them some much needed shooting, particularly corner shooting. Obviously he's going to give them something that they've desperately needed. And I, I just, I think at this point, Alex, it's, it's just extremely tricky to uh, play Kelly Olenek or play a Myers Leonard for as long. Now I understand that they do have pieces. Precious is very solid for them, but I don't like rushing precious in the playoff in the playoff crucial minutes. I'd like to see a guy in PJ Tucker come in and actually give, you know, a precious a little bit of time to get adjusted. Uh, but with, with all said and done, I do like the deal. I do. My, I, I'm curious though, as to, so you think that house needs to go as well. And you think that that would work. I don't think the Rockets would probably take that trade if I'm being 100% honest with you. But yes, House needs to be on a contender. (laughs) That kind of player does not deserve to be languishing away on a team like the Rockets. I'm sorry. Teams need wings. And Daniel House has proven in the playoffs that like, if not step up, he's going to be the same as he is in the regular season, which is like a lot, which is what you need from a lot of guys. They're like, yes. Oh, he steps up in the playoffs. Oh, he steps up in the playoffs. You just need guys to not fall off in the playoffs. Yeah. And I think House, you know, obviously he had the little gaffe last year in the playoffs, but the Rockets yeah, were yeah. pretty much, they were dead by then, really. Yeah. yeah the team were. was disorganized and whatever. Um, He's still young. Yeah, he is. I th- like, I, you can't bury him yet. And I think that he's going to yeah. be... He's going to be a guy that teams can rely on come to the playoffs, especially because he's such a good defensive player. Like, okay, I'm going to look up his playoff stats because there might be a statistics possibility that I'm completely wrong here. No, sure. he shot 36% last year in the playoffs. He shot 25% in the playoffs before, but they played the Warriors. You give him starting minutes? Or not starting minutes, yeah. but like high bench minutes? I right. mean, who couldn't use a guy that's 6'6", 220? Like, think about it. How many teams don't need that? Like the Clippers? That's right. pretty much it. So, yeah, I right. think that they need to get House out of there. And I think he's going to be a good addition to whoever gets him because, you know, they teams just need wings in general. Yeah. Yeah. No, they do. I think getting some wings are unnecessary all the time, really. There's You can never have, uh, you know, an issue of having too many wings. Now, Alex, out of curiosity here, unless you have – do you have more details on the, uh, the Tucker move to Miami or – uh, absolutely not. I, he's okay. everything you said is what I would say. Now here is where I'm going to go with this, Alex. I'm going to go if the Miami deal does not work out. Okay. Okay. I think PJ Tucker is needed in Brooklyn because they need defense. So you know what I'm doing, Alex? I'm getting off of Dinwiddie because God mm. knows I don't need another score. Sham it, and three seconds. But you know what I'm doing though, Alex. I think out of because you said Daniel House, rightfully so, I understand that. But I think a more realistic option, and to be honest with you, a guy that would honestly fit on this team pretty well, has been Macklemore. Yeah, I like that one. for them. I really like I really like a I, I like Macklemore as that that second side piece. Alex, if they got to, I mean, you can make I mean, I know you you and I both like PJ Tucker, but hear me out when I say this. Ben, ben McLemore could actually have a huge impact on a type of team like this. Like he could actually give them some decent athleticism. A guy who D'Antoni has coached before in the past. He would obviously know how to play with guys like James Harden. And Ben McLemore is a player who at one point did not, but now he does know his role. 
Ben McLemore would be a really interesting player on a team like Brooklyn. And if I could get him on a side piece with Tucker by flipping the seconds, giving Houston a shooter, they need shooting, giving Houston a shooter and Shamit, even though I know you've talked about Shamit decreasing. Yeah, I, I still think he's effective. He's, he's a good shooter. Then, yeah. Yeah, and Dinwiddie to me is a player that I think you can get your hands on. I mean, you think, I mean, Fertitta's going to like that deal, right? I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie's on a solid deal. So it's that's really interesting. And we'll just have to find out how heartless the Nets are, right? <laughs> because that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty cold. Um, I don't see what, like, they're both on expired contracts, Dinwiddie and Tucker. Yes. I don't see why that wouldn't be plausible. Right. But I also don't see why. And this is this is my original criticism of the Harden trade. Sure. If you're going to get Harden, make Tucker a package deal. Yeah, that's fair. That was my one criticism. Yeah. And plus you have the the only thing is, right, like I'm, I don't know how good of terms that D'Antoni and Tucker are on. I can't say because I don't know either of them personally, but I'm pretty sure Tucker and Steve Nash are teammates in Phoenix. I'll have to Google it. I'm going to look it up real quick on Basketball Reference. But there's a real distinct possibility that they cross paths in Phoenix. Now, it looks – no, his first year in Phoenix was was the was year they traded him to the yeah. Lakers. Yeah. I'm looking on the Basketball Reference page. P.J. Tucker used to be a shooting guard. Jeez. Remember what was the yeah. last time? <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, yeah. That's like looking at the way he his career has evolved. But yeah, I think that Tucker could help any team. I just wish that they traded <laughs> that the Nets would have done this earlier. But hey, That's listen, true. they don't need more scoring. They already no. have enough. You need three guys. That's really yeah. it. Four four is excessive, right? Because you have yeah. Joe Harris who's doing stuff off the ball. That would be a real interesting conundrum. Who do you start? Because Tucker, I'm not starting him at center again during the regular season. No, I wouldn't either. Because that poor guy. <laughs> no, you don't need to. I don't think you need to. I feel like, like he deserves a bag just for what he put his body through. Sure. During the last half of last season. Yeah, but, so what? Okay. So since we're having this discussion, who do you start? So, okay. What's the starting lineup for you? Is it? Okay, who do you start if B.J. Tucker goes to Brooklyn? I'll just ask you that because that's a tough question. Well, if you pick up P.J. Tucker, in my opinion, you are picking him up to be pretty close to a starter. If if not, you're playing him at least starter-level minutes. I mean, it's tricky, Alex, because I think at this point in time, you have to think they're going to go get a center in the buyout market, which if they do, that center fill-in-the-blank is going to start at center. So in my opinion, you're going to go – you would go with, you know, a lineup of, right. You would go Kyrie, you would go Harden or, or sorry, you know, Kyrie, Harden, Joe, uh, Durant and, and McGee, the bench, you would then get really good production. In my opinion, you would give Tucker starter level minutes off the bench. Mm-hmm. You would give Ben, you would give Ben McLemore. If they did the deal that I'm talking about, you would give Ben McLemore, I think pretty decent PD. You would give, you would honestly, is it fair to say that you would cut TLC from the rotation if you have uh, Macklemore or do you like TLC enough to where he fights for playing time? Cause I like Bruce Brown. And I like Bruce Brown too. Um, that's tough. Who? I don't know. Cause TLC is obviously more wing sized, but Macklemore, Macklemore has got a stroke on him. Um, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. 
or do you plan both? I mean, because see, probably, I think so. Okay, you can so, do that. so this would be my bench rotation, right? Because I'm not playing sure. DeAndre Jordan if they get McGee. Best case scenario for the Nets is that the Cavs buy out Drummond. And yeah, I agree. I they agree. get Drummond. Yeah. Um, and then also, here's another buyout guy for you that we've kind of forgotten about as an NBA hole, but Trevor Reza. Yeah. He's on the last year of a $12.5 million contract that Sacramento gave him for some reason. They traded him to Portland, and then Portland traded him to OKC in a big trade. So he was just languishing away in OKC. He's not even playing. I yeah, think they'll Trevor, buy him out. Yeah, Trevor Reza's a logical buyout candidate, and one of those yep. two guys is... Drummond, I think, is getting bought out. I think I saw someone reported in The Athletic that he might... Someone said that The Athletic reported it. I'm going to look it up real quick, but the Andre Drummond buyout, I'm just going to look that up because it might come if up. He, if he did get bought out, I mean, I mean, Alex, the Brooklyn Nets should be calling his agent like it's a speed dial. I mean, they should just be relishing over a guy who can dominate on the rebounding side of things who can, who can just take and, and really lead them down there. I, I mean, come on now. Well, so, okay. So from Zach Harper on the athletic, we're going to look up Andre Drummond. It's, uh, he said that it's only a matter of time before, before Drummond is brought bought out. Now, obviously, that might be some rival team of the Cavs, some team that doesn't have any, like, intel. But I think it's certainly a possibility that Drummond gets bought out. And the Nets, the Nets, to me, they should easily be in the Eastern Conference Finals. And this goes, okay, not to take it back to another team, this is why the Celtics should get Oladipo. Because now you have two perimeter options to guard Kyrie and Kyrie and Harden. Who in the league would you draw up other than Dort? Who's more perfect to guard James Harden than Marcus Smart? Who in the right. league? And then you have Oladipo to cover Vic, right? Or to cover Kyrie. And let's face it, that's what Oladipo is always great at is covering point guards. And then, you know, you do your best with Tatum on Durant. But at least you have two of the three guys covered, right? And I think that's why the Celtics should go after Vic, but going back to the Nets, if they're not in the Eastern Conference Finals, they had a disappointing season. Just plain and simple. There's no reason this team shouldn't make the Conference Finals. They have the most talent in the East. This is the most talented... uh, Okay, this is my take, all right? This is the most talented East team since the 2013 Heat, all right? Incredibly hot take. That's... uh, Who's close? I don't think there's a lot of people that are. No. Like there. maybe the 2016 Cavs. That's probably it. And even then, I would still rather have this trio than love Kyrie. Yeah, and I would LeBron. too. I would too. Yep. Just I because the third piece in that <laughs> Kyrie was the second piece in that trio. Kyrie's the third piece in this one. That's a pretty overwhelming difference, if you ask me. I love I there's no reason why. The Nets shouldn't make. It's honestly a disappointment if they don't make the Eastern Conference Finals. Honestly. Yeah. It, yeah. No, there's an argument. There's an argument. All right. Um, I think we exhausted all of our options yeah, on have. that trade. So is it my turn? <laughs> is it my turn to give a trade? I think you gave the last one. Yeah, yes, I gave the Brooklyn Tucker. All right. Yes. So then all the rest of these are going to be kind of smaller. So, okay. So actually, let's go back to the Nuggets, okay? Because we talked about them earlier. But 
So I tried one, right? So the, the first one I tried was Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets for Millsap, Barton, Jamichael Green, and RJ Hampton. But then I realized that's way too many pieces and it just doesn't make any sense. You tear apart the whole, like, basically core yeah, of who the Nuggets are. Yeah. Um, and while it's an upgrade, I still think that that culture and chemistry is a thing. So probably not the best idea. So what I settled on was Millsap for Larry Nance or Millsap and a protected first round pick for Larry Nance, <laughs> assuming the Beal trade doesn't go through, which is a pretty fair assumption. Um, I think Nance fixes their one hole, right? They need a guy who could step out to the three point line in space. And then on the other end, play defense. They don't have that. And that's probably going to be the best you can do. And I think that like, yes, Aaron Gordon, right? It makes sense on paper, but you don't, the salaries don't work. Aaron Gordon's almost making 19 million a year this year. I did not realize he was making that much. It's a little bit like a little bit harder. Like if you did your Zach Levine package, it might work. Right. But I don't want to give up. (laughs) You don't want Aaron Gordon playing small forward. That's not the best use of his skills. You want him playing power forward or center. Right. And I think that Nance, Nance, like I was talking about earlier in the, um, in the Beal section, he's an incredibly smart player. If you put him alongside, if you put him alongside Jokic, could you imagine the alley-oops? <laughs> Just imagine like how high-flying it is. I think that, listen, it's not going to, it's not a 100% possibility that this goes down, but Denver needs to try to get something like this because otherwise they're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. I, the way The way that I, here's the thing. I mean, if you get a guy like Larry Nance, you are going to get a little bit more athletic, which I think is long overdue. They do they do need to get more athletic at the four, but it, it's. I mean, I mean, I, I've always been a big Millsap guy, um, but I see what you're saying. I mean, that is a position to make a jump in, and I I think if Nance was available, he could potentially be a, a very nice complement, and. I mean, I think I think getting more athletic there is necessary. And that's what I'm looking at with Larry Nance. I think you need more athleticism. And I think he gives you that. And that'll give them more versatility. I, I do think Millsap is a better defender. I do. But yeah. I, I, I do, but I I and that's that's the only reason that I would like push back. But I I see where you're going with it. I do. And plus Nance has two years on his contract left after this. Right, right. You're getting him for the long haul, and he would fit. I mean, yes, he is not Paul Millsap, and he never will be Paul Millsap. But at this point, you need Paul Millsap from two seasons ago, not not Atlanta Paul Millsap. Millsap hasn't been Atlanta Paul Millsap since 2016, right, conservatively. I don't think that you're going to get that Paul Millsap again, and yes, institutional knowledge, institutional knowledge, institutional knowledge. Teams don't guard him behind the three-point line in the playoffs. They haven't done it in years. And teams don't guard Gary Harris either, which is, you know, sucks because Gary Harris literally is their defense. Right. (laughs) Which is crazy to say of a shooting guard, by the way, which is why I would be kind of hesitant to trade him in the first place. But yes, if you get Beal, trade his ass. But (laughs) I think that they could do a lot better than Millsap. They just need more athleticism. That's fair. That's fair. Right. And you listen, Jokic is in his prime 
right now. He is never going to be better than this. You have to try to go all in. You have to push all the chips in. And all these trades, there's a reason why we both have done Denver trades. (laughs) Because they made the conference finals last year. Yeah, exactly. They're a damn good team. And if you don't push all the pieces in and you waste Jokic's prime, then you just, like, whatever his contract's up, if he's an unrestricted free agent and he doesn't extend with you, or if he demands a trade, you deserve either of those outcomes because you didn't push all the chips to the table. And this is one of my criticisms of the Cronkies, right? If they ran the Nuggets the way they run the Rams, (laughs) could you imagine how much of a juggernaut they would be? They treat... Like, could you imagine if they hadn't traded Malik Beasley? Look how Beasley's playing in Minnesota this year. I got a deal for you. I got a deal with him in it, by the way. Oh, that I'm going to be curious to hear that. But yeah, just yeah. imagine, like, Torrey Craig, you know, whatever. Torrey Craig sure. is a lot, looked a lot better than in Denver than I think he actually was. But you don't, you don't go allowed to keep Grant, right? And then when Grant's there, you don't let him, because <laughs> Grant just didn't develop this out of nowhere, right? What he's doing in Detroit. And yes, he has, you know, he's going to fall off at some point. But even if he falls off, he's going to be averaging 20 a game. No one thought he was capable of this because he didn't get the opportunities to show it. I don't know how I like Malone as coach. I'm just going to say that. I like Malone. I think but that's he, a different discussion, though. Come it on. is a different discussion. But listen, you have a once in a lifetime kind of player, right? This is easily your best player since Carmelo. And Carmelo was your best player since, like, Alex English. <laughs> and you don't get – you're Denver. You don't get free agents like this. There's a reason why Carmelo left. Yeah. You're Denver. You need to capitalize on Jokic's prime while you can. And if they don't and he leaves, again, it's nothing but their fault. That's all it's, – uh, it's so frustrating, Caleb. I can, I can tell by your – I can tell you're frustrated. I can tell. I can tell. All right. So let's let's go ahead and move on to your next. Let's do the Beasley trade. I want to hear what you got. Let's do the Beasley trade. Well, Alex, there's a team that I like out West. Okay. And I really don't like this one player. I just, I don't like him. I don't like him on this team. I think they can do better and they need to use their first round draft pick more. So Alex, I'm going to make a proposal to you. How about I reunite Dario Sarge with the Minnesota Timberwolves and I go two seconds and I go get Malik Beasley. I get shooting. I get shooting. And Alex, I do think they need more shooting. I really do. I think they need more shooting. I think they need guys who can um, allow defenses to pay for when they send help on Booker, Paul, and Bridges. They need guys to make them pay. I think Beasley makes you pay. Plus, Alex, I just don't believe that this team needs Sarge. And I think there's an actual argument that the Timberwolves could need him back. Alex, they do not have – Alex, they look at their front court. Look at their front court. You can't, you can't tell me that a guy like Sarge would not be somewhat of a competent piece again. I can't believe and, you're making this argument with a straight face. I, I just really – and. And and I'm going to tell you right now that I think Beasley is a good player. I like that deal. Listen, you're definitely not wrong about Sarich being an improvement. They're start they're setting Jake Layman at power forward. Okay, and I I like Jake Layman. Right? I, not I, I as, think he's solid. He's not a starter. No. There's Sarge a reason. Is- <laughs> Sarich is a starter. Say what you will. Like I know you don't like him, 
I but don't. Sarich is a starter. He's a starter. Like, and yes, that's a luxury for the Suns, right? But I think what you're saying is they don't need that luxury. They need what they actually need. And it's a, it's a good argument. I don't think the Wolves would do it, right? How about Beasley's, I put the first instead of the two seconds? Uh, that's tough. Beasley's, that is tough, but I get my guy for the long term, right? So mm-hmm. I, I can see why you would push back. So the, what if I switched out the two seconds and flipped the first in? The, the, this is the problem, okay? And I know I just railed on the nuggets. You did. But it did seem like Beasley wanted more minutes. And I feel but like... Can you, can you argue, though, that Minnesota is going to be a tougher place to get minutes, though, because at some point the clock's ticking for you to have to play Anthony Edwards and Jared Culver, or else your general manager and everything about your front office is going to go to straight shambles. That, I mean... It's Minnesota. It's been in shambles for the last 30 years. But you know what I'm saying, though? I, I get what These you're are saying. jobs. These are jobs right here. Right? If to... you want to put yourself on the line, come on now. Let's see. Malik Beasley. Um, well, they hired, they hired Rosas. I, he's averaging 20 points a game this year. My, my goodness. Yeah. I, yeah. He's been, yeah. listen, 20 points a game. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they need that kind of shooting. I will tell you, this deal would make a lot more sense if Booker, if it was just – Aiton and Paul and Mikhail Bridges was their third best player. And so I, I, Mikhail Bridges probably still is their third best player, but you get where I'm going, right? Where they were yeah, building around Aiton and Paul rather than around Booker and Aiton. Oh, but Beasley yeah. and Bridges would be so dynamic. Yeah, they would. Yeah, they would. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm saying you, you, the, the Timberwolves are so bad down low. Here's here, so oh, wait. epically bad. Here's on, one for you. Here's, okay. here's one for you. Sure. What? And I didn't play in this one, but the salaries match pretty much evenly. Okay. Why not throw Danny Green to the Timberwolves with a first round pick and try to get him if you're the Sixers? He clearly would fit a lot better with. No, the say, that again. Say, that again. say that again. Say that again. So Danny Green and okay. a first round pick to the Wolves, and you throw Beasley to the Sixers. Yeah, that would be a great deal. It would like. It It'd would work good, good for both sides. It really would. And I know that Philly owes OKC a first-round pick at some point. Sure. For taking on Horford. But yeah. I don't think that's still 2023. And you get better immediately in the short Yeah, time. you would. Yeah, you would. And the long-term, though. And in the long-term. Term. Yeah. Because we both like Danny Green. A lot more than uh, my co-host Dylan Hughes likes him, uh, but still, that upgrade is just massive at this point. And like you said, like you said, it's a great long term yeah, because is. he's twenty-four. Yeah, it is. It's a great long term. I would, I would almost be willing to flip in two seconds as well if I'm Philly. Yeah, just throw in something because Beasley's that good. Beasley's that good. He is. He's great. Um, yep. I. Like the Phoenix idea, though, I don't think it would happen, but I love the idea of visualizing him in Phoenix because he would benefit so much off of Chris Paul <laughs> <would>. passes. <laughs> yeah, um, he would. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. He's. Who is your next deal, Alex? My next deal. All right, let's give me a next. It's deal. Okay, a next deal. No, your next deal. Oh, your next. Your next. Your next. Any XT deal, not your next deal. Your next. All right. Deal. So. This one hurts. Okay. Okay. It will it would hurt for a second before I realize the team that this guy is landing on. Okay. okay. So as you know, 
I think it's time for the Raptors to maybe do a soft rebuild. Okay. Oh, now the I problem do. the problem is is that their best player is on a one year contract, right? It limits the sorts of things you can soft rebuild with, right? But okay. Oh, I got a team for him too. I will throw Kyle Lowry and Norm Powell to the Chicago Bulls. And I will throw Thaddeus Young, Otto Porter, Daniel Gafford, and a lottery protected first round pick this year to the Bull- to the Raptors. I would probably like it two seconds might even get it done. Honestly. You don't think you have to flip in white? No. Like put in white and as the main piece. If, okay, if you finish took, that, if you took the first round pick out of there, White might have to be there. But could you imagine Zach Levine getting set up by Kyle Lowry? It would be an, it would be amazing. It would. And yes, Kyle is old, but you have to remember he's a young old. Same way PJ Tucker is, right? Because those yeah, guys didn't is. get yeah. real NBA playing time until they were in their right. late twenties. Mm-hmm. So Lowry's great. Um, he yeah. would do a phenomenal job. It would it would break my heart to see Lowry gone from the Raptors, but then it would it would perk my heart right back up to see him on the Bulls. And so, did I mention that the uh, Raptors would probably buy Thad Young out? I, you've talked about yeah, you you talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Yes, I would. If I'm the Raptors, I buy out Thad Young the second he lands on the roster because the last year of his contract is non guaranteed. Yeah. So yeah, he's not on the roster. Um, this is just to make salaries work. And, you know, this way, this works two ways, right? If this vaults the Bulls to the playoffs, then the Raptors have another first-round pick. If not, they're they're a lottery team either way without Lowry. We we can agree on that, right? Like, we'd love Van Vliet, but Van Vliet's not Lowry. No, he's not. And I think it raises the Bulls' floor. I was going to throw Carter in there, but I realized that that probably yeah. wouldn't happen. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. And Ooh. I would really like Toronto with Carter. <laughs> but he, would that, be, he would be good, but I, I like I don't, Boucher though. I don't think it would happen. Yeah. That's a good point too. Um, that's why I threw Gafford in there. You improve the center rotation. You are able to buy out Baines because the Baines experiment in Toronto just hasn't worked. No, it hasn't. As much as I hate to say it. No. And I think that the Bulls. <laughs> so you talked about the Bulls needing to blow it up earlier. The Bulls are also in an interesting place where they can you could see realistic possibilities where they go way up. You could see yeah. realistic possibilities where they go way down. That's fair. And again, I know I talked about trading Levine <laughs> to the sure. Grizzlies earlier, but I think that this is a good alternative alternative if you want to buy, you know, kind of high it absolutely is. Yeah. Kind of buy high on all like a really good player and then yeah. hope that he resigns with you in the summer. Right. 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 So because Kyle Lowry is not going to be. Um, there's a good chance he resigns in Toronto after the season, right? Because who is going to value Kyle Lowry the way that Toronto does? And the answer is nobody, as nobody. much as I hate to say it. Toronto is probably one of the only teams that realizes just how good this guy is. But you get him in your building and you get his bird rights, you can resign him. I, I just want to see someone. Treat my boy Kyle right. So, you have a Kyle Lowry trade? I do, I do. It's an obvious, it's an obvious destination, but I don't care because I have another caveat to it. So, I would like to see Miami upgrade the point guard spot like nobody's business, and it just makes sense for the Raptors to just 
try to get what they can for him and move on. But Alex, I have another guy in this deal for Miami um, that I think is actually really good, but he's stuck because they have a lot of pretty solid pieces. I like Lowry, but I really like Stanley Johnson. I think Stanley Johnson has been very interesting and I think he's really shown his blossom. I think nurse is starting to look at him more. And I think that getting off it, getting off of him, I think Miami, I think he'd fit really well in Miami. Actually, I think he's a really good defender and I think he cuts really well. The deal that I would have would be Kyle Lowry and Stanley Johnson in exchange for Goran Dragic, Chris Dunn, or sorry, not Chris Dunn, uh, Kendrick Nunn, Silva, and I'll flip in a first. I'm willing to go for a deep haul. I'm willing to get a good player in Stanley Johnson who can play the three and he can play the four. He can give me uh, even more versatility at those positions. And I think Lowry is that big of an upgrade. Alex, you could convince me to throw in a second first. I think Lowry is, is that's a deal that I know has been rumored for a while, but I wanted to put this out there simply because I want to see it. And I wanted to add the caveat of Stanley Johnson because I like the the depth that they have at the wing, obviously with Terrence Davis, you know, OG, um, Malachi Flynn as well has been really solid for them when he's gotten the chance. Let's see if you can make something with Stanley Johnson. I like that for them. So let's just say in my hypothetical world, okay. Sure. We're, we're not going to do the house, but let's just say they add Tucker, they add Johnson and they add Lowry. I think that they could beat the Nets in a playoff series pretty handily. Um, listen, Lowry, you can make Lowry is just one of those guys that you put him on a team and the team can just make more sense, right? Yeah. Like you put him on the Celtics instead of Kemba, right? That team makes a lot more sense. Because the thing about like, so okay, Kemba, right? He's a shooting yeah. point guard. Yeah. And yes, he's he's good at setting people up, but he's not he's not elite at setting people up. Lowry is the other way around. He is a good scorer. He's an elite playmaker. And that would fit perfectly in Miami, especially with the way Bam Adebayo is blossoming. Right. You need someone who can set up Bam because Bam is, you know, he's an incredibly important player for the Miami Heat. He's the future of the franchise. This is the move to help you get, (laughs) help you upgrade your team now. Yeah. So. 100%. Um, okay. All right. So we're going to, so I have a few more I want to talk about, but let's, I'll do mine really quick because we don't need to spend a whole lot of time talking about them. My first one is, is saving guys from the thunder. And that's going to be George Hill to the Clippers for Lou Williams, Terrence Mann, and two second round picks. I mean, yeah. Lou, Lou Will's bound to fall off at some point, right? Yeah, he's he is. 35. He's been in the league for this is his 16th season. Yeah, you got to bet. You got to make your bet right. Yeah, <laughs> and I would I would bet on Lou Will falling apart sooner rather than later. Plus, George Hill doesn't fit the need perfectly, but he fits the need better than anything you're gonna get. You're not gonna get Lowry if you're the Clippers, right? That, right. That's just not a possibility. And then you're not gonna get. <laughs> There's just no way you can get um, (laughs) any guy that's substantial at point guard other than George Hill. He fits perfectly. Um, The next trade I want to do. All right. So there was a report that came out in The Athletic the other day. You might have seen it from Sham Sharania about J.J. Mm -hmm. Redick. And there's one team in particular that fits J.J. Redick like a glove. Now, this team is very incompetent, so they probably won't trade for J.J. because he's not a Kentucky guy. But 
I think he should go to the New York Knicks, okay? For Alec Burks, Dennis Smith Jr., and the the Knicks have three first round picks this year, right? Just throw Dallas's away. I would spend a first on Reddick though. Okay, maybe two seconds then. But something like that. They need picks to go to the, the they Pelicans. Do. They do. No, I agree. I'm just saying. Two seconds I don't, then. I don't know for the Knicks if it's worth giving a first. That's what I'm saying. That's that's fair. But I, shooting is like by far their biggest need. They're probably the team that needs the most shooting, other than maybe San Antonio. Are me. you saying Kevin Knox, Kevin Knox is not able to knock down threes at a consistent enough basis for you? Or hey, Reggie Bullock, Reggie Bullock, and his trash. Are you telling me that? Are you telling? Hey, me? don't don't tell Dylan Hughes that Reggie Bullock is trash. You might have I to. Am, Put it on the record, clip it, and send it to him. I'm not a big Reggie Bullock guy at all. Um, I, I was a little more, I was a little more gentle about it, but neither am I. Um, I no, I think Reggie Bullock's a great eighth guy. Like, yeah, good. It's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, not not a starter. I think if you no, he's not. So this is the way I'm looking at it for the Knicks, right? Ninth man. Yeah. If you're if you're the Knicks, you slide RJ over to the three, and you play JJ at two. You already have much more spacing you have Mitchell Robinson you know setting great picks for him right because let's face it JJ's can be an offense unto himself and he would be great alongside Randall and Barrett they need space (laughs) there's not enough space on the floor now yes would their spacing woes be a lot easier if they just if Tibbs just wasn't so stubborn and started Emmanuel quickly yes yes it would be because Alfred Payton is just not cutting it on offense in 2021 but I think that's a move that they should make. Um, my last trade, it involves the Golden State Warriors and a reunion oh of sorts. My. Oh, my. I think you'll like this one because it's, it's interesting. All right. Okay. Okay. So I'm sending Kelly Oubre Jr. and Kavon Looney to the Sacramento Kings. And you can probably see where I'm going with this. Okay. For Harrison Barnes. He fits that need perfectly, right? Yeah, he does. That Ubre and Wiggins just can't fill because that's one of my favorite deals you've said. That like, it's not going to happen because no, it it the Warriors have too much invested in Ubre. <laughs> yeah, they do. In terms of like eighty million invested, right, with the luxury right. tax. Yeah, but man, like Harrison, tell me Harrison Barnes wouldn't fit that hole that they he have at, at small forward like a glove. Seamlessly. He's been playing, like when I watched them, he played really well. He's been yeah. doing like a lot better, right? People just forgot about him because, you know, obviously when KD fills your shoes, <laughs> it's kind of hard not to forget about him. Right. He's been good. I yeah, like Harry Barnes. He has. I mean, I don't like the contract. I've bashed that for as long as I can remember, but and in in the sense of the fit that they're in Golden State again, that'd be awesome. Would you okay? Would you prefer if Harrison Barnes is making like Miles Turner like eighteen million a year money because he's that? Let's starter money. Yeah, like in that range. I mean, I I'd be okay with it because yeah. he's because I would say starter money's about anywhere from fifteen to twenty three. Right, twenty three is probably the cutting edge, and Harrison yeah. Barnes is making, he's making twenty two right now, and his contract, he's actually on a great contract because he's, so this year he's making twenty two, twenty two point two, next year twenty point two, then the year after that eighteen point three. But my my issue though it, with the Barnes contract was not was the fact that the team that gave it to him put their bag put put their entire chip in on Barnes, and that's my issue. 
they didn't give themselves any financial flexibility after they signed, after they signed Harrison and after they signed Buddy, they have no financial flexibility. They're stuck. And also Ubre with Fox. I think that's a great. He'd be really good. He doesn't. Yeah. Ubre, like as much as I hate to say, Ubre doesn't fit the Warriors. No, he doesn't. He's not a Warriors kind of guy. And because he just can't shoot the same way. But so, okay, Harrison Barnes right now is shooting 42% from three. Last year, 38. (laughs) The year before, 39.5. Like he's been, his shooting has gotten a lot better. Because his shooting kind of tailed off after he left, um, after he left Golden State, but that's because I think he was taking a lot more off the dribble threes. Because that was when the Mavs were tanking. Yeah, he, right. his three point percentage is back to where it was in Golden State. So I think that they need, they just need shooters. Because Curry's their only shooter, and that's the problem with the team. So yeah, I don't know. I think that's a that's a great trade. Let's cap this off with your final trade, Caleb Lynn. Let's cap it off because, Alex, you said the team and the position. I have a different guy, though. I think, to be honest with you, I think you can. I know you like you like Hill a lot, but if, I do think the Pelicans are going to trade off of a couple pieces. And one of the pieces that I have in mind for them is if Patrick Beverly and Patrick Patterson got sent to the Pelicans in exchange for Eric Bledsoe. Okay, think, my friend. I think I want. <laughs> Go continue, continue. No, I like it though. I like it. He gives he he's gonna give them he's gonna give them more stability. He's gonna give them more stability. He's a better offensive player by a mile, and he can actually set your offense up. He also fell apart in the playoffs in the East. <laughs> okay, he, but I'm I'm not, but at the same time though, Alex, I'm looking for a different I we you you and I t- just said that you see if if they if they say that the point guard market is not available well he is available and Alex Eric Blitzel fits the bill for an upgraded point guard he just does and he fits the upgraded point guard you're getting off of two guys you hardly play well if not even Patterson you play a little bit but I'm not I really plays I a think, lot I, yeah, but I, I Bledsoe takes the Beverly minutes. That's what I'm saying. Be- Bledsoe takes the Beverly minutes. Patterson's a nice little throw-in, and I, I move on. I think Bledsoe's a solid piece. So, okay, I would have done it the opposite from you. I so okay if I was making a Clippers Pelicans trade, I would have thrown Lou Will for Lonzo. Here's why. Okay, uh, well, I, I would have done I, that. That works out fine too. I agree. Like. <laughs> So you're upgrading because the Clippers problem isn't so much that the point guard, like Pat Bev is obviously a lot better as a backup, but as a starter on this team, he's fine. What they need is playmaking punch off the bench, which is why George Hill did that capably for the Bucks last year, which is why I sent him to Milwaukee sure, or to, to Milwaukee, to uh, the Clippers. Yeah. I think that the problem with Bledsoe is that he's an 82-game player. He is not a 16-game player in the least. And what they need are 16-game players. Now, do I know if Lonzo's a 16-game player? No. But do I know that he shows up on defense? Yes. Do I know that he's probably a lot better off-ball shooter (laughs) than Bledsoe is? Yes. And those kind of things matter more if you're the Los Angeles Clippers than... (sighs) See, okay, this is the thing. If Bledsoe was a backup, he'd be an incredible backup. I don't know if at this point in his career, Bledsoe thinks that he's a backup. I think that's kind of part, part of the know. problem too. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. And like, I don't I'm blame sure. him. Bledsoe is more talented than, 
God, he's more talented than probably half the point guards in the league. The problem is the talent just hasn't translated. He's not a, like, if this was 15 years ago, Bledsoe would be a lot more valuable as a player. Like, he's just not, like, if this was the isolation era, right? Right. If you had to guard Allen Iverson instead of Steph Curry, yeah. that that fits a lot more in my head, like, what he his strong suit is. I'm just not high on Bledsoe. I, like, I understand the fit. I think I'd rather have Beverly, though, than Bledsoe, as crazy as it is to say. I would not, but I'll, I'll see where you're, I see where you're going. It, that's okay. We don't have to agree on everything. It's nice when yeah. we, it's nice when we disagree. And I think it that's is. that's everything for us, Caleb. This is a this is a blast. You know, I I appreciate you coming in on your week off and helping me with some NBA stuff. It was it was great to do. It, it was great to be a part of this. Um, you know, check check us out on the uh, Linsanity podcast. We do have the, uh, the Super Bowl uh, podcast that's coming up next week. Uh, Bryce and I will be on that. And then from there, we are transitioning uh, into uh, college basketball and a dash of NBA. So so check us out for all that's going on in Linsanity. Yeah, I was on Linsanity this week. So that was you so were. Yes, that, that was a fun. That was a fun experience because like I'm not a football guy, but yeah. I, I got to give off takes, you know, and who doesn't love just giving off takes? <laughs> you did, but you had good knowledge, though. You're 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 putting your. You know, you're kind of demoting yourself to an extent. You were you were very good on that. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We were also together on the Circle City Cinema Pod, um, and that was yeah, that was well, a blast. We were with that scum, though. We were with that scum, the co- the, the the host of that 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 show. I mean, know? listen, he he does try a little too hard to get Benedict Cumberbatch on Wandavision, but I I think yeah, scum is scum yeah, is a little does. too far. <laughs> Scum is a little too far, but um, go check that out. You know, if, spoilers, obviously, but it, it's really great analysis. I listened to it again today. Um, we did a yeah, really good yeah, job. It's um, great analysis. Yeah. So if you want smart WandaVision analysis, go check that out. Um, Battleground just finished recording about an hour ago, I think. So they'll be out on Tuesday before you listen to this on Wednesday. Triple option pass. I don't know when they're going to be back. And then the the basketball power hour with me and Dylan Hughes. This week we'll be doing the Pistons, the Pacers, and the Rockets. So if you like any of those teams or you just want to listen to us break down those teams, go ahead and check us out on the Running Hook Podcast Network. Caleb Lynn, thank you for being such a wonderful guest. Absolutely. It was my privilege to uh, be on this uh, podcast with you, brother. And thank you all for listening. Mm-hmm.